Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. As U.N. Ambassador and then Secretary of State under President Bill Clinton, Madeleine Albright faced crises in Bosnia, Somalia, and Rwanda. A couple of decades later, our challenges include ISIS, Ebola, and Ukraine. Secretary Albright joins me now. Thank you for speaking with me, Madam Secretary. It's very nice to be with you, Pat. Thanks. The United States is facing a number of threats to our national security right now, forcing the Obama administration's foreign policy team to address simultaneous crises around the world. As someone who's had that job, can you give us some idea of what it's like to be John Kerry right now? Well, I think that uh, it is obviously a huge responsibility in terms of representing America's national interests and at the same time, trying to understand what is going on in other countries in order to be able to uh, solve the problems. Uh, Also, uh, very much the question as to uh, whether you travel around to to solve the issues or uh, work within Washington, and uh, he has to do both. And so it's a very hard job, uh, but one that he is eminently suited for, Uh, because he has a really good long-term understanding of of these problems. So, but it's a a challenging job under any circumstances, and he clearly is there at at a very, very complex time. As were you as well. Is the challenge one of building consensus, for example, forming a coalition to confront ISIS? Oh, that is one of the challenges. I mean, one of the parts that I think uh, is so interesting, and and I am also a professor, so I, I have to explain it in some contextual way. The bottom line is there are two kinds of diplomacy. There's bilateral diplomacy when you talk with one one country to try to get them to do uh, what is in both your interests, and then there's multilateral diplomacy where you bring a, uh, several countries together to accomplish an end. And the question is how you, in fact. Uh, manage the different interests. You can't expect any two countries to have exactly the same interest. And so what Secretary Kerry has done uh, in order to get this coalition together is really remarkable because uh, it is in an area where we know there are already a lot of differences. Um, and he has managed to get uh, this group of countries together in order to understand the threat of ISIL. 
which is a common threat to all of them, but from different perspectives, depending upon whether you're in the neighborhood, uh, an immediate neighbor, whether you've just gone through a war, whether there's a humanitarian crisis, um, and then the divisions that go on uh, generally within the region. So he's done an incredible job of pulling them together. Do you think we should have gone into Syria sooner? Well, I think yeah, this is a, a real judgment call in terms of what the intelligence was, and, and I, I was not in the government at the time. But um, I, I think the issue is always trying to find uh, the moment where you can make a difference. I know that the discussion, at least from what I read in the papers, was whether we knew enough about the people that are in the so-called opposition group in Syria to feel that we could trust them by providing them with various uh, weapons. That, that I think, was kind of the basis of the argument. And so um, I'm sure that they had a very careful discussion about it. And one of the things I have to tell you from my own experience Um, It is very important for a president to hear diverse voices. Otherwise, the system doesn't work. And so people that are now saying they disagreed um, or people from the outside that are critical, the bottom line is there never is just a flat out one answer. And so I do think it's important that um, voices were raised, the questions were raised. Ultimately, it's the president who is the one who makes the decisions. Another topic that is being faced by the foreign policy team, of course, is Ukraine. Are you concerned we might be entering a new Cold War with Russia? I don't think we're entering a Cold War with Russia. I mean, that was a very um, ideological um, kind of setting up blocks uh, and uh, trying to seduce countries to be on. You know, I, I talk about this. The world was divided between the red and the red, white and blue. Um, the world is much more complicated, and there are a whole host of uh, issues that what we really call are transborder issues on which uh, we have to cooperate with other countries in terms of, I mean, Russia, for instance, uh, has issues that they need to deal with also on terrorism, on, on cyber, a variety of issues, um, disease, uh, piracy. So there are issues where we would probably find discussions uh, useful to have discussions with Russia. So I'm I'm not into kind of thinking it's the Cold War. I do think we're in a very serious situation with the Russians uh, because they have done something that uh, has not been done since the end of World War II, which is to annex a piece of a sovereign country by force. They they basically have broken international rules and their behavior vis-a-vis Ukraine in so many ways is unacceptable. Uh, Ukraine is a sovereign, independent country and should be able to choose um, what group they want to be a part of, who they want to, where they trade. Um, and yet I this morning I was listening to a program by some Ukrainian official who made very clear that they have a board they're not going to change their geographical location. They have a border with Russia. So there are the kinds of issues that are going to have to be resolved over the long term. And then there's the the Hong Kong nation democracy movement uh, going on with China. Well, also fascinating. I was in Hong Kong for the turnover in 97, and there were various promises made to to Hong Kong in terms of a gradual movement towards them being able to choose their own leaders. And there was the whole um, 
a notion of one country, two systems, and uh, the vibrancy of Hong Kong uh, in terms of, of really um, kind of the golden egg, frankly, uh, a fascinating place. It's, uh, again, I think that the demonstrations that have been out there have been remarkable. Um, and there's an issue of that there's a division, with, at least in terms of what I've seen in Hong Kong, about some people who um, want it's unclear about their motivations, but who really, you know, want some peace and quiet and to be able to run the city again. The Ebola virus is another threat to our national security that we're facing now. How does the U.S. protect its population? Certainly there have been suggestions of banning flights from countries where there have been outbreaks, but that's not really practical. I think the main thing is we can't be hysterical. Um, And I am concerned about kind of creating hysteria. It's a fascinating, it's a human, very human story. And so I think that there is a desire to do an awful lot of coverage, but I think that people uh, need to understand uh, how one contracts Ebola, um, but I think it's not, for me, I, clearly there has to be some way to check people that are um, coming from the region, uh, but I, I think we have to be really careful not to kind of decide that we're uh, going to quarantine everybody in the United States. So. Um, and, and I think we just have to learn more. I, I have very much appreciated the briefings that have come from the CDC people um, and various medical personnel. Um, and, and I think that's what we need to keep learning more. You've described the United States as the indispensable nation. How can we continue to be the indispensable nation in times of limited military resources and a public that's really war weary? Well, I'll tell you, I, I, I need to explain what uh, I really meant. Actually, President Clinton said it first. It's just that I said it so often it became identified <laughs> with me. And, uh, but, and it was also at a time um, after a number of years where we had spent a lot of time looking abroad in the administrations previous to President Clinton's. And, uh, and the American people said, well, let's worry about us now. As, if you remember, he said, it's the economy, stupid. Uh, But part of the issue, and I was at the U.N., and it was very clear to me that things didn't happen if the U.S. was not engaged. We have to be engaged. But there's nothing about the word indispensable that says alone. It just means that the U.S. has to be present. We have have the most amazing um, capabilities, not just military, though obviously our military are um, stunningly capable in every way, but it's a matter of using our various other instruments. And, and I think what is interesting, Ebola is a perfect example now where um, we have medical knowledge, we have supplies, the military is uh, on President Obama's decision uh, figuring out how to deliver uh, the medicines to a various place. Uh, and we ultimately have to be able to help countries economically. So it's not just military engagement. What it is is American presence, American interest, American influence in partnership with others. Is this a particularly dangerous period when we hear about beheadings of Westerners and recruiting of followers from the West to a terrorist group? Is it a completely new game now? I think it is a dangerous period. And 
it's very different from things that we've seen before. I mean, let me just say terrorism is not a new uh, tool. Um, it, it is something that has been around, unfortunately, for a very long time. Uh, what is happening is that um, there has been kind of this confluence of people that are, I, I found so interesting something that Prime Minister Cameron said, which is um, they're not Muslims, they're monsters. And these are monsters doing something unspeakable. Um, and um, the part that makes it difficult is that they have, in fact, uh, occupied a certain amount of land and they do have a variety of weapons. And interestingly enough, one of their weapons is social media. Um, and so uh, that is something that is new, uh, the capability to use modern technology to spread a message and to recruit people. Uh, and so I think that it is, it is a threat. There's no question. It's obviously a huge threat in the region. Um, and I think there's a, a lot of discussion in terms of um, what is the threat to the homeland. I think here again, if I might say so, I don't think we need to be hysterical. Uh, I think that what has happened um, as a result of 9-11 and some of the other attempts later is that our homeland security system um, is one that is very alert uh, and very and, and we are cooperating with other countries. And so um, I do think um, that things are dangerous. There's no question. It's a different kind of danger. You asked before about the Cold War, um, where it obviously was very dangerous dealing with the Soviet Union that had missiles that were pointed at us, but there were certain rules of the game. I think the problem now is that we don't know what the rules are, uh, and we are dealing with groups um, that most people never heard of that uh, are within groups, within other groups, and have a variety of different alliances, and um, then there are the ethnic aspects to it. It's very, very complicated, uh, but my sense is that um, the security systems within our own country. And then we, the, the British are, are um, obviously very much on top of this. And so terrorism is not new. The methods and the existence of um, technology, all kinds of technology, does make this more complicated. You broke ground as the first woman secretary of state to be followed fairly quickly by two more women secretaries of state. And now even on television, there's a woman secretary of state. What was it like to be a woman representing the U.S. in countries where women's roles were so much more limited? I have to tell you, about four years ago, my youngest granddaughter said she was seven. So what's the big deal about Grandma Maddie being secretary of state? Only girls are secretary of state. So. That's wonderful. Um, but things are different, and I, I'm sure there are a lot of little boys out there that now have can really be inspired by Secretary Kerry. So. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
This boy isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.